You know, the awesome thing about God is, and him being this awesome father is that him being awesome is not contingent upon how we are. Now, somebody should have shouted right there because it doesn't make any, any difference to how we act, how we are, how we conduct ourselves. Despite us, he's still a good, good father. Our, our natural parents, they're good according to how you are good, Lord have mercy. They hold grudges sometimes. I, I'm pretty sure my mother's got two or three grudges. She still holds about that lamp I broke in. But God, on the other hand, he, no matter what you does, he does not hold a grudge. Imagine being able to be free in a father like that. That even when you know that he knows your lowest, you know that he knows your worst, he still continues to be a good, good father. We've got fathers that will write their children off for things that they've done wrong. But this God, this perfect God, he loves us despite us, no matter what. Amen. We bless God for everything that has went forth so far here at the Unity Worship Center. Social media, we welcome you uh, and we thank you for spending a little time with us. We want to bless God for our praise team. Uh, I don't want to toot their horn, but man, beep, beep. Amen. Awesome, awesome people. Awesome praise team. What I love about this praise team is that I get to watch them during rehearsal and I get to watch the humbleness. I get to watch, I get to watch emotions. I get to watch things happen. I get to watch them go in, you know, uh, take off running a little bit. I get to watch it all. And I'm blessed by God that, that when they're singing the praises of God, they're not singing just because they can sing, but they're singing because they love who they're singing about and who they're singing to. I anybody can sing, amen? But when you've mastered the thing of, I love who I'm singing to, and I, I love who I'm singing for, and I love him because before, before I loved him, he loved me. And while I was still a hot mess, he loved me. And, and you can hear that with them. And I bless God that, uh, that, that, that we, we, we don't got a whole lot of generic going on up here. Amen. We, don't, we ain't got no, no fake up here. Amen. We, we got people that says, I love him because he loved me. And that's what you hear every Sunday. You get to hear people's hearts. You get to hear people sing out to God. And, and I'm blessed and humbled to be connected to such an awesome group of people. Real quickly, I won't, I won't be before you long. Amen. I won't be before you long. I'm trying to find my, my way. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. The book of Acts chapter 4, verses uh, 13 and 14, amen. And uh, they make fun of me when I bring my 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 papers and my tab, my my notes, but uh, them papers are faithful, amen. <laughs> the book the book of Acts chapter four, can you find it on your phone real quickly? The book of Acts chapter four verses thirteen and 14, I think I have it. Amen, I got it working, I got it working. The book of Acts chapter four, verses 13 and 14, and it reads like this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. 
And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Tyrone, could you grab those for me, please? I want to read that again uh, real quickly, and I want you to catch this with me. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Thank you. And it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. May God add a blessing to the hearers, the readers, but most of all, the doers of his word. It's one thing that they have perceived because of the boldness. They perceive because of the boldness of John and Peter that they had been with Jesus. That's one thing. It, it's something about when you get into the presence of God, no matter where you were at a time in your life, but when you get to the point where, for whatever reason, you get in the presence of God, that you don't quite operate like you normally did. You don't look at the world the way you used to, but most of all, you don't let folk define you by what they think. <laughs> it's something about being in the presence of Jesus uh, that you get a boldness about yourself that if folk get out of line, you don't have a problem with godly checking them quick. And we bless God, but, but, but what, what is even more awesome about God is that he leaves you with fruit, oh Lord. You will never come out of the presence of God and come out of the presence of God the same that you went in. If indeed you've been in the presence of God, when you come out of the presence of God, there will be some change about you. One of the most interesting, interesting things that I've had an opportunity of experiencing in the transition from sinner to saint, and then going on from minister, from member to minister, and then from minister to pastor, is people's inability to let go of who I once was. Maybe you know something about that, no matter how much that you've changed for the better. Folk just can't let go of when you wasn't where you are right now. And what I've also noticed is that people who decide to stop doing certain things that was either illegal or, or morally improper, they seem to get more support than the people that say, not only am I through with illegal activity, not only am I through with immoral behavior, and not only am I going to just start coming to church, but I'm going to accept the calling on my life. In fact, it's been my experience that people who come from the streets or, or a life of sin can be combated more intensely by the people who are supposed to be the initiators of forgiveness. I never had a battle till I joined the church. I thought I had been through things in the street that was crazy, and then I got saved. I got saved and joined the church, and then I began to see lunacy on all, on a bevy of different levels. Amen. 
And, and so what happens here is the brother or sister who's trying to do right begins to have a post-Damascus road experience. Meaning that the people who you used to be cool with, uh, the people that you used to drink with, the people that you used to get high with, the people that you clubbed with, used to sleep around with, you know, did wrong with, now they have distanced themselves from you because for one, you don't do what they do anymore. And two, they've distanced themselves away from you because now they feel like with your change that you are fake and a hypocrite. And the reason that they feel like you're fake and a hypocrite is because just a couple of months ago, you was in the world with them. And now you act as if you're too holy to be a part of us anymore. Oh, God. And, 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 and you're fake because the way they see it, they, they think you're fake because the way they see it is you can do the church thing and you can do the getting yourself together thing all you want to. But when it comes to us, our friendship should not have to change. And the problem with that, the problem with that is, is when there has been a real decision to change, it changes everything. And, and if I was making a change that wasn't associated with God, then I might talk change, but yet still stay the same with you. But since my change revolves around this Jesus, my change, it changes everything. And the change when speaking of Christ calls for a new way of thinking. In fact, a totally new way of thinking. And that thinking is in direct contrast to the me before I believed on him. The me before I believed in him. So, so, so now even those who I was best friends with before Christ have to accept me for who I am now and respect them and respect that. Or even they, even they will be cut loose. I don't need people around me who's going to crack jokes because I've had a change of mind. I don't need folk around me who's going to do things around me that I no longer do. I, I don't need nobody around me who at the end of the day thinking I'm faking it just to make it for whatever reason. I don't need nobody around me. They can't celebrate me wanting to be a better me. And so now that I'm more spiritually mature, I'm reminded that the Apostle Paul said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So now since I understand that their disbelief is a spirit, <laughs> Since I understand that, that many of the people that I'm walking away from uh, uh, would love to walk away too, but they have yet to gain the discipline to do so. Uh, so, so, so there could be some jealousy because I ain't there no more. There, there could be some jealousy because I'm not flirting with death anymore. There, there could be some jealousy because I'm not flirting with jails and prisons anymore. There could be some jealousy because I'm not flirting with addiction anymore. And when I begin to understand that this is a spirit and spirits attacking the very people that I love, though I've got... See, you can love folk but have to walk away from them. You, you can walk away from folk and yet love them. Sometimes I've got to walk away from people because I love them. 
You, you understand what I'm saying to you? But, but when I begin to see these spirits battling and combating against the people that I've once loved, that I'm having to walk away from, it makes me want to go on a little harder. Knowing that this darkness that I'm walking away from, that it still has folk that I love in that darkness. And the stronger I get, the better chance I have of bringing them out. I don't know if y'all remember, but I remember when Snoop said, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. So I don't want this peace just for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want this joy just for me. I don't want this breakthrough just for me. I don't want this salvation just for me. It ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. So, so what I want for myself, I want for my brother too. So we have the side. We have the side that comes from that we come from. We have the side that we come from, and then we have the side to which we're headed. And, and, and this side is supposed to be the side who embraces you. But more times than not, this is the side that decides that, that, that God has used up all his forgiveness, grace, and mercy on everybody that goes to their church. <laughs> so, so, so when it comes to you, you can't be saved, let alone be called, because God can't have nothing for you. Anybody, anybody know saints like that? That, that, that? that when they got saved, they used all the grace, and, 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 and he got a little bit of grace left, but it ain't for you. It's for somebody that they wait on to get saved. And, and so, so when you talk about that you saved, and, and not only are you saved, but you called, they look at you like you got two heads and like you tripping because they believe. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? That because, you're not, because you don't walk according to their standard. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> because you don't come from where they come from. Because you do what they don't understand. Because you're from a whole other stratosphere. They deem you not worthy. It's amazing to me how the people in the church today think that they have a say-so in who God chooses to save and, and who God chooses to call. In fact, if we were to be all the way real about it, for the same reasons that many church folk feel like certain things in a person's past disqualifies them from being not just saved but called from ministry are some of the same things that if that was true should have disqualified them when they began to get their lives together not too many moons ago. And because the church and because of the church mentality, oftentimes when a person decides enough is enough, I'm through with it. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of living this way. There, there's, there's really no place of, of, of safety because the so-called saved folk ain't showing no love. Don't be one of those churches and, and don't be one of those church members that, that don't show no love. After all the hell that I've been through, after all of the addictions, after all of the crime, after all of the letdown, after all the bouts of depression, with all the thoughts of suicide, I need the church to be a place where I can go and get help and healing and love. And what church is a church that churches without love? Love to the church is like gasoline to the car. Love to the church is like the beat to the song. Oh, God, help me in here. Lo love, love to the church is like the holy to the ghost. You understand what I'm saying to you? You can't have a church that is not functioning and operating and ran on love. It ain't, yeah, baby, I, I, know, I, know, I know you think it's ran off the budget. I know you think some of you think that it's ran off the bottom line. And I know that some of you are so silly about this thing that you think that some of these churches are ran off the numbers. But baby, it ain't a church if it ain't ran off love. Lord, have mercy. David, 
David said something back in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse number 13, that popped into my mind as I was working on today's word and, and thinking about how cold church folk can be to new members. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. John Calvin once translated a parcel of the scripture in French, and he said, C.S. Fade de Moy, meaning I had perished, which means the same thing as when we read it and when it said, I would have lost heart. Listen to me. David said, with all that's coming up against me, with my life just a hot mess right now, and, and, and ain't nobody that I can really turn to because it ain't nobody that I can really trust, Lord have mercy, I would have perished had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I think it's important to note that he is his going on a little bit further, his, his not breaking down, his not giving up is all contingent upon what he believes. Oh, you don't hear me in here? He's, 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 he's sure that even with all he's going through, he's going to see God's goodness. And see, we have to look at David in Psalms 27 carefully. And, and, and when we do, we see that there's, a, you know, there's somewhat of a shift in his mood, so to speak. In verses 1 through 6, he's confident, Lord have mercy. He's confident in God. He's rejoicing. He speaks as a man who's happy because he understands who God is. And not only who God is, but who God is in his life. See, 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 it's one thing to know who God is, but it's a whole other thing to know who God is in your life. So he speaks because he understands who God is and his ability to deliver and keep him. And he's sure he's good because he knows his relationship with God. David ain't worried about a thing. And you don't have to worry about a thing when you know who you are with God, when you know where y'all stand. Now, as, verse, as we begin to read verse 7, we get the feeling that there must have been, uh, that he must have stopped writing. And at verse 6, and by the time that he begins to, verse, uh, to pen verses 7 through 12, there's been some major things that's had to go on in David's life. So major that he went from the Lord is my light and my salvation in whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life in whom shall I be afraid to hear oh Lord when I cry <laughs> hear me when I cry with my voice have have mercy also upon me and, and answer me Lord whatever has happened whatever has happened between verses 6 and 7 it causes him to go from rejoicing to crying. And I remember a couple of years back being young in ministry, and I was reading that scripture, and I made the foolish notion that David was somewhat bipolar. See, because, Lord have mercy, see, because after a while, after reading the Psalms 27, you don't stop, if you don't stop and give consideration to something had to have went down between verses 6 and 7, then it sounds like David is all over the place. So let's look at it like this. What about when verses 6 and 7 begin to happen in your life? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when in verses 1 through 6, you meet someone and, and y'all courting or, or you're dating each other and, and, and you're blown away by each other and, and you realize you can't go on without each other. And, you, and so you get engaged and then you, you get married and you, you both find great jobs and you get approved for the loan and you go buy the house of your dreams. You got 2.5 kids and life is good. 
You have no problem telling people about the goodness of God because God has been that good to you. See, it's easy to tell people about God when everything is everything. It's it's easy to shout about his goodness when everything is good. It's easy to give him your everything in praise when you got a when you've got a praise report. You understand? But 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 what about when it ain't all good? Well, what about when God ain't moving in a way that you thought God would move? Well, what, what about when 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 the house comes falling down? It's all good. It's easy to give praise and honor, but then. Verse 7 happens in your lives. And since I'm always making men look bad, (laughs) in in my examples, let's let the women be bad for once. And so now Randy finds out that his wife is having an affair. And right around this time, Randy's company is talking about scaling back and Randy's department will be shutting down in about three months. Also about this time, one of their kids is diagnosed with a chronic illness and the other child is acting out because between the marriage being on the rocks, the sick sibling and the potential of there only being one income in the home, that child is not getting the attention that they desire and that they're used to. Let me ask you a question. Is David bipolar, or did life just happen? See, it's easy to call it what you feel it is when it's somebody else. It's easy for you to put a name on it when you ain't ain't connected to it. But let you go through a little bit of hell and high water. Let the enemy come through your house and just have his way. Let things go awry in such a way that you can't catch one thing because the next thing is moving too quick. And by the time that you got a hold of this, then you got three more things coming over here. And and everybody's saying, it was all good just a week ago. You was praising God. You was shouting in church. You was talking about his goodness. But now you're acting bipolar. And you tell him, I'm not bipolar. Life has happened. Oh, God. Is there anybody in the building that knows what I'm talking about? When life happens. And, and, and people want to judge you because of where you are, not understanding, oh God, what it is that you're going through. You can't judge where I am if you don't know what I'm going through. And because I haven't shared anything with you, then you are in, you are in direct violation when you begin to make things up because you don't know for sure. Lord, have mercy. Help me in here. And you got to be careful about church folk because what I've learned about church folk is when they don't know they'll make something up. What do you do when life just happens? Lord, have mercy. See, we've all, we've all went from verses 6 to 7 in our lives many different times. And, and the reality is you're going to go through 6 through 7 again a couple of more times if you live long enough. And, and many of you may be going through the period of verses six to seven right now. And, 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 when, and, when, you verse, and when the verse seven shows up, 
Lord knows it shows up hard. It, it don't show up playing. It shows up to defeat you. It don't show up grinning. It shows up to break you. Anybody had a verse 7 season, uh, you know, where, where, where that thing showed up? I'm talking about the first time it punched you. It punched you for keeps. When it punched you, it knocked teeth out. When it punched you, it knocked your mouthpiece out. When it punched you, it knocked the very wind out of your body. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When verse 7 comes knocking at your door, Lord have mercy. When he shows up, he shows up hard. And I want you to get this. Your sinking or swimming all depends on what you believe. <laughs> it, it ain't got nothing to do with how smart you are. It don't got nothing to do with how much money you got in the bank. It don't got nothing to do with what, 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 what neighborhood you live in. You're sinking or swimming. You're making it or not making it. Simply is contingent upon what you believe. So if you find yourself in the storms or under attack and you're making it solely upon what you believe, if God is still God in the midst of what you're going through, and if you believe that you're still going to see the goodness of God, even though all you see in front of you right now is affliction, pain, and drama, then baby, you're going to swim. <laughs> oh, Lord. See, see, it's the believing. <laughs> it's the faith that gives you the ability to soldier on when it looks like the battle is over. It's the belief, it's the faith that gives you the power to get out of bed every morning when the last 30 mornings was followed by days of chaos, madness, and hell. So, so what I want you to see is the power of faith and in faith, Lord have mercy, oh God. Faith is so powerful that in the coldest of storms, in the craziest of drama, in the midst of the issues, you still got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it now. It's peace, Lord have mercy. It's peace that keeps you focused in the hell. But faith keeps you confident that you're going to get through it. Faith, Lord have mercy, faith, that remarkable characteristic, which allows you to be bold when it seems like you have no win. The one thing that I love about faith is it gives me the ability to be who I truly am despite what's coming up against me. That's why Jesus said that if you if you if if you've got the faith, just the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountains in your life, move. And it's not easy to come by this faith that Jesus was talking about. But once you just get a piece of it, it allows you to see its power, which in return produces more faith. And you operate on that faith, which in turn produces more power. The Amplified Bible starts this verse. It starts it out in question form. And they ask, what would have become of me had I not believed, my God. How would things have turned out had these same dramas presented themselves to me and I wasn't operating in nobody's faith? Because if I hadn't been operating in faith, then I would have only been left the option of operating in me. And if I just go ahead and fall back to what's on me, if I let this thing fall back on me when times got hard, then that would be a long, hard fall. I can't turn to man for help, 
when it is that I'm going through. Even the Bible says, put no confidence in man, but put all your trust in the Lord. When I'm going through the fight of my life, I don't have time to be trusting somebody else because that somebody else could be going through the fight of their life and not have enough strength for the both of us. Uh-uh, uh-uh, my brother. I've got a faith of my own. Faith that was designed for my struggles. Faith that was designed for my issues. Faith that was designed for my next levels. Faith that's designed for my destiny. I've got to believe for myself and not to man because without me believing in him I'm forced to believe in me and when I think back on me long enough if I look on my records of battles without him then I begin to understand that I don't stand a chance if I hadn't believed that God had something better for me while I was laying in a hotel room drugged out of my mind cocaine out of my mind I would have died there if I hadn't believed that God was going to show up while I was sitting in a prison I would have rotted there if I hadn't believed that I was going to see God when I lost my wife when I lost my son I would have died I would have died right there if you hadn't believed that you would see God in the midst of your hell. You would have lost your mind if you hadn't believed that God would mend your heart after you had been done so wrong. Ain't no telling whose prison you'd be sitting in. God, I thank you. I said, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for allowing me, for allowing me to believe. I thank you you allowed me to believe you can take everything from me but don't take my right to believe you can take the cars the houses and the money but don't take my ability ability to believe let me get through this let me just teach this for a second Acts chapter 3 there's recorded a miracle uh, there's recorded a miracle of healing and you know the story. The lame man from birth is sitting by the gate called Beautiful, and he's begging. Mm -hmm. He's begging because he's lame. And when you are lame, I need you to understand you become reduced. That's another sermon, but, but he's reduced due to his handicap. And, and he sees Peter, and he sees John, and he's, they're going into the temple, and he's asking for monetary help. And, and, and Peter tells him, silver and gold I do not have. But this one thing that I do have happens to be the only thing that you need. <laughs> and, and, and what I have it is a name, a name that's above all names. <laughs> and, and because I know how to use the name, Lord have mercy. I done messed around and got me some power. No power of my own, but power of the one who's able to turn this situation around. I wanna point this out real quick. 
God's been laying this on my heart real heavy today. Uh, we need to know what to ask for. See, we get a bill uh, and we don't have the money to pay it. Uh, and we begin to look for finances uh, when the reality is uh, all we need to look to uh, is look to him. Uh, the health go bad and we begin to seek the best doctors not realizing that the only doctor that you're gonna need the only doctor that's got the healing he's a doctor that don't need a pill he's a doctor that don't need a prescription he's a doctor that don't need a bottle of syrup he can just say healed and the healing manifest I'm so glad that I'm connected to a doctor that when my insurance don't cover my leg and my insurance might not cover my elbow and my insurance might not cover my glasses but I got I got a blessed assurance that don't make no never mind what it is that's coming up against me he's got it covered baby I got a piece of the rock I got a piece of the rock is it anybody in the building is it anybody on media that's just glad about it you got you a piece of the rock and it don't make no never mind what it is that might come up against you a piece of the rock means you can walk anywhere and every step you take the Bible says you own because you've got a piece of the rock you can deal with scorpions and deal with snakes and you will not be hurt it's something about the piece of the rock that haters can hate liars can lie drama can go all around you but you won't be touched there's something about uh, that piece of the rock uh, that makes me sleep uh, when everything's crazy uh, gives me the ability uh, to chill and smile uh, to kick back my feet uh, and say I won't be moved uh, I'm not gonna worry because uh, I've got a piece uh, a piece of the rock uh, despite the thought of foreclosure uh, despite the report of cancer uh, despite marriage and divorce court uh, I've got a piece of the rock uh, that lets me know that this too shall pass. Weeping endure through the night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. Is it anybody in the building that's glad about it? That joy comes in the morning. I feel like preaching here. As long as he's mine, I can look to the mountains in my life and tell the men, get out my way. Mountain be removed, and they got to move. I'll be like move mountain get out the way as long as I've got him I can stand with my back against the wall and declare greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world you can have all the doctors you can have the best lawyers you can have a group of people surrounding you they claim they with you and no matter what comes up against you but all I need is the Messiah all I need is the king of kings. All I need is the Lord of Lords and I know everything gonna be alright. You keep the bank, I'll take the blood. You keep the house, I'll take the helper. You keep the material, I'll ride with the maker. Lord, I thank you for your blessed assurance. I thank you for your blessed assurance. I thank you for your blessed assurance. Woo! 
Is it anybody in the building? Is it anybody in social media? They're just thanks him for blessed assurance. Could have lost my mind, but that blessed assurance could have killed myself. But that blessed assurance, I've got a feeling everything gonna be all right. Listen, listen. The Lord uses Peter. He uses Peter to heal the man. And what strikes me odd in the story, I don't know if you ever read it, but what struck me odd in the story is that nobody that's recorded in scriptures is happy about it. Oh, but the man himself. Hold on. It says that he's been at the gate since, oh God, said he's been, he's been lame forever. He's been at the gate for years and ain't nobody happy that he's walking around but himself. Now people are in wonder. Folk are in amazement, but nobody is happy for the man. And I love oh God. And I like that the man didn't need. He didn't need nobody to shout with him. Not about his breakthrough. And some of you better learn how to stop waiting for people to celebrate your breakthrough and celebrate on your own. You wasn't afflicted with nobody. You was afflicted on your own. You wasn't hurt with nobody. You was hurt on your own. You wasn't broken with nobody. You was broke on your own. And since you went through the hell by yourself, you shouldn't need nobody to praise him with you while you coming out. You better learn how to praise God on your own. You better learn how to give God the glory. You better learn how to scream because he made a way. Don't know how he did it. But I'm grateful. Don't know why he did it, but I'm glad he did. And if you don't do nothing else, God, you've already, you've already done enough. Everybody around him, seeing he ain't lame no more, trying to find out the angle. They're trying to find out a gimmick, because that's what church folk do. You could be going through hell for years, but keep on pressing in. It can look like you ain't going to make it out, but keep on pressing in. It can look like it's flatline, but I encourage you to keep pressing. And what I found out is when I finally broke through, didn't have a big crowd, didn't have the entourage, didn't have a lot of family, and sure enough didn't have no friends. But I learned how to praise him on my own. I learned how to gangster two-step and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for me. If it's anybody out there, and God is bringing you through or God has brought you through I dare you to give God a shout I dare you to give God a praise I dare you almost killed me Ah, but it didn't almost had me Oh, but it didn't almost took me Oh, but it didn't so I ain't tripping no more I ain't hating no more I ain't crying no more I ain't lonely no more because what I had to learn that when the rough get going I ain't going nowhere I'm gonna stay in the fire with a smile on my face with strength in my spirit talking about move mountain get out the way is it anybody in the building that don't mind praising him is there anybody in the building that don't mind lifting him up because he's been that good he's been that good to you 
I dare you praise him. I dare you praise him. Praise him on purpose. Praise him intentionally. Praise him in the midnight hour. Praise him on the way home. Praise him on the job. But I dare you praise him and give him all he's due. I dare you give him all that he's due. Listen. Here's what happened. All that, those years, he laid at the gate, handicapped, reduced, and broken. Some dropped money in the jar, some didn't. Some just looked at him like, ain't you tired of begging? Ain't you tired of begging? But all it took was one day God sent the the right people down his road. (laughs) And when he when he got healed it just blows my mind. He didn't have one neighbor to high five. It'll be like that for you sometime. You think because you got to clean Bill of Health, after cancer had been riddling your body. It'd be like that sometime. After they tell you you're going to make it, when it don't look like there's no possibility that you can. It'd be like that sometime. That when we come out of our, out of our mess, you think that everybody would be there to congratulate you and be so proud of you. And it'd be the very ones that you thought would have you back. They'd be stabbing you in your back. Can I talk about it? He, he had to learn how to shout alone. But can I tell you something? They couldn't deny it. They could lie about it. If you go on down into the, to the scriptures, they even bring, them, bring the man down in kangaroo court. Asking them who, how'd this happen? He told him, man, I know a man. Is anybody excited about that? That despite how long your battle has been, how crazy, how hectic, how heavy, Jamal, I know a man. I know a man that can take that off your body just like that. But it takes a, it takes a surrender. It takes a pursuit. (laughs) The one thing that I learned about pursuing God. Awesome man of God you are. You don't even know how you made it this far. It's been so crazy for you. Everybody says you're so nice, but if they knew the hell you'd been through, they wouldn't be able to believe that you have a smile so beautiful after all of what you've been through. I don't even know you. But the Lord has had you on my heart since I met you last week. You know what it is to be a warrior. (laughs) You know what it is to just come to the conclusion that I'm just going to have to fall back and let him be God. (sighs) Could you imagine after all your years of being lame, begging at a gate, nobody shouted with you? (sighs) Where was his family? 
Why didn't they shout with him? Where was his partners? Why wasn't they shouting with him? He had to shout on his own. Can I tell you out there in this building and out there in social media, sometimes you're going to have to shout on your own. Sometimes you ain't going to have a praise partner, but give him the glory anyhow. They hating on you, but they can't deny it. They lying on you, but they can't deny it. <laughs> they done made up reasons why you still here and you ain't went crazy yet, but they can't deny it. And when they say, how is it that you're making it through? And you tell them, it's only the grace of God. They can't deny it. I made up in my mind about a week ago that I was going to stomp through life with, with supernatural confidence. And I wasn't going to worry about what nobody else thought about me anymore. I made up in my mind I wasn't going to hide in personal Facebook pages and not preach the gospel amongst everybody and ain't going to worry about what nobody got to say about me no more. And that happened because I got in the presence of Jesus. And when you get into the presence of God, what he gives you is a boldness. He gives you a boldness because he understands that what you're about to be bold about is him. It's going to bring him glory. They can say what they want to say, but they can't deny it. The fact that you're still here in your right mind, they can't deny it. The fact that you ain't spending the rest of your life in prison, they can't deny it. The fact that you don't smoke crack and you, you ain't in an alley doing an ungodlike thing for an ungodlike high anymore, they can't deny it. They can't deny it. So you go on and be all that you're called to be. You go on and be everything that God has called you to be and be it without apology. Be it un unapologetically because they can't deny it. Listen, if you're out there and you know what I'm talking about today and you ain't got a reason in the world, you ain't got an excuse, you, you just really don't know how, but you're still here and you're here to the point to where they can't deny it. And today is the day that you're saying, you know what? I know he's had his hand on my life and I've yet to come to him. But today is the day that you want to give your life to the Lord. We offer you the, inv the invitation. We offer you the invitation to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now get this. You don't get to get the Savior, but don't accept the Lord. You don't get to get the Savior, but don't accept the Lord. If there's anybody out there in social media land that's saying, I want to give my life to Jesus today, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today naked and no longer ashamed. And I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I'm asking him to come into my life and to make me whole. Give me the strength that's necessary. I confess Jesus with my mouth and I believe that God has raised him from the dead. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen to me. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to hit me, Pastor Stephen Lyons. Hit somebody that might be connected to me. And just make sure that I know.
that you prayed that prayer so I can add you to my list that I pray about every night. I pray for everyone, but there's people who get saved through the ministry. I, I like to pray for them every night. Let me know. Let me know how you're doing. I want you to go out and I want you to join you a Bible-based church. You don't have to come to the Unity Worship Center. We ain't mad if you do. But I do want you to join a Bible-based church that will strengthen you and take you to those next levels in God that you that God is calling you to experience.